You're listening to Secrets of Data Analytics Leaders. So I think that these councils are very important and they need to be re-energized from time to time. But I also think that they need to be set up at the right stage as you uh, initiate your programs. Welcome, everyone. My guest today is Carl Gerber, a longtime chief data officer at several large, diverse financial services and manufacturing firms, who is now an independent consultant and an Eckerson Group partner. Carl helps large organizations develop data strategies, modernize analytics, and establish enterprise data governance programs that improve data quality, operational efficiency, regulatory compliance, and business outcomes. He also mentors and coaches chief data officers and fills that role on an interim basis. Carl began his career as a United States Air Force communications and computer officer, delivering an executive information system for a four-star Air Force commander. Carl's a frequent speaker at industry conferences and a member of the IT Value Studio and the CIO Solutions Gallery. Welcome to the show, Carl. Thank you, Wayne. It's good to be here and talking about data governance today. Carl, you've had lots of experience working intimately with CXOs at large companies, implementing data governance programs, policies, and standards. In your opinion, what are the keys to making a data governance program work? So first thing is you need to understand why do we need a data governance program? What is our firm's motivation? And then we need to know where are we starting from? What is the level of data management maturity across the firm? And then once you know that, you need to understand and have visibility end to end across the data landscape that you're going to be governing. And I found that corporate responsibility for data really crosses many executives' roles. And so you need to form alliances for an integrated plan to prevent data strategy silos. You also need to uncover the known data quality issues that have been plaguing your company. And I find that most of the times, the people have just become complacent and just accept these data quality issues and you, you want to draw them out. So with these five aspects in hand, you can now really shape a data governance program that's specific to your firm and will be relevant to the data plan. Oh, that's great. So five steps, that makes it simple, easy peasy, right? <laughs> but uh, why don't we unpack each of those a little bit more, starting with that first one. Uh, how do you align business strategy with your data strategy? How do you get the business executives to care? Well, you have to speak their language and you have to understand what is the firm trying to achieve? There should be a business strategy and a vision that, that's there, as well as an execution plan. And what I try to do is I try to find what are those strategic imperatives that we're actually already engaged in or are about to launch major uh, company-wide initiatives. And usually you can see inside of those that data would be a key enabler or current state of data management maturity or data quality issues would be blockers to what the firm's trying to do. So basically, there really isn't a separate data strategy. It has to be part of the overall business uh, strategy and strategic imperatives. Can you give any examples of how you, in your experience, have taken an existing business initiative, whether it's implementing a new CRM or sales system or digital transformation and, and piggybacked data governance on top of that? 
Absolutely, several examples. So um, there was a, a worldwide consolidation of CRM systems and ERP systems at, at a very large firm. And so that clearly then drove the data strategy around in the short term, providing good, clean and trusted master data to those initiatives. But then in the longer run, being able to have um, a platform around customer and product master data that is governed because we went through a lot of cleansing efforts to get to the, the one-time data loads and then to keep it at the level that would be fit for the business use, we had to make sure that it was governed on a going forward basis. And that also meant that we had to have strong executive sponsorship and accountable executives who will make sure that people are appointed the roles to make sure that the master data would be clean and would be um, fit for our digital strategies. So you mentioned the term master data. I'm wondering if you could unpack that a little bit. And, I, and I've heard in some spheres that you know, master data is synonymous with, with data governance as opposed to like data warehousing or data lakes or data analytics. Is master data critical to data governance? Is that is the kind of that technical heart and soul of a data governance program? So yes, there's, there's really three types of data that I like to, uh, to talk about. There is master data, which is the list of your products and your customers, your locations, and how your organization is defined and the hierarchies that go with that. That's one aspect. Then you have your transactions and your transactions need to have those unified lists of customers and products. So you can then be able to view your results on a, an aggregated view. And then you can have things like a 360 view of customers to know who your uh, top um, profitable customers are and, and your bottom customers that you may want to uh, spend less time on. You also then would have a good understanding of your products what, which ones are selling and which ones may be uh, retired. And then the third thing is metadata. And that is the contextual information about your transactions and about your master data. So those are the three types of data. And master data is the one that is usually easier to assign accountability to individuals. And that is the heart and soul of governance. Huh, interesting. So do you focus more of your time on implementing a master data system that keeps those master records up to date or a data warehouse or, is, or both? You have to do both. And again, this is where the, the staging and the sequencing of this is, is really important. And that takes us right back to the business plan. You know, are, are we trying to emphasize a, a digital strategy where we are very concerned with the user experience of, of our web real estates? And so in that regards, master data would be very important, as well as the use case I gave earlier, where we saw huge, huge operational efficiencies by consolidating on a global basis, CRM systems and ERP systems. So it really depends. And that's where if you want to get traction for your data governance program, you need to be specific to your business needs and your business imperatives. Great. All right, well, let's let's move on to the second best practice you mentioned, which is getting an understanding of where you're at today, the current state of your data landscape. How do you go about that? So that's through a, a series of just join up conversations. Uh, I do have a framework where there's certain things I want to look at. I want to do an assessment of the data platforms that I feel that every enterprise should have. We've spoken at length about master data management. There's also 
financial reference data management, which is very important. And, and other platforms across the end-to-end -end life cycle for uh, managing your data. For example, do we have a data archive capability? Because if we don't, we are, we are likely then having uh, extra expenses because we're keeping around systems just because we want to query the data and we don't have an archive capability. And then I've mentioned this word capability. So capability is a combination of these data platforms and skilled people who know how to use them and applying them against the known issues and the, and the biggest challenges. So by looking at the um, data platforms and the level of maturity and then the operations around them, let's say a data quality capability, for example, you're pretty, you know, you'll be able to understand what the data management maturity level is. And you'll also then find whether or not there are accountable executives and responsible data stewards who are really going to do something about the data quality that are that could be causing blockers to your business. In your experience, are there any capabilities that are typically missing in an organization that has yet to develop a data governance program, either on the technology side, the data side, or the people side? Yes, I, I find that there's uh, either missing or not aligned or many silos of, of the same capability. So there's usually um, room for operational efficiencies. But I mentioned the um, data archive capability that's often overlooked. Other capabilities are a, a data quality platform. Often I, I find that um, data quality controls are being uh, custom built and they're being built over and over and over again because you don't have a, a unified data quality platform that makes it very easy to profile the data at your early stages of your tech ops initiatives and uh, be able to have a data quality dashboard so your data stewards can track and, and continuously improve the data quality that's within their realm. Those, those are a few of the, um, the platforms. And then another one that is usually scattered all around in spreadsheets and or other applications like a configuration management database, and that is a, a cohesive data catalog. And when I talk about data catalog, I tend to include business glossaries and data dictionaries, all that kind of metadata that's usually all around and not gathered together in one place and, and very accessible to the entire enterprise. And then of course the uh, data catalog is an inventory of all of your assets, both your structured and unstructured data. Those, those are what I usually find is the gaps or uh, lower on the maturity scale at the beginning of these kinds of uh, transformative efforts. Well, let's talk about that data catalog, because I think that was part and parcel, parcel of your third best practice. Uh, so what is a data catalog? Well, I guess you kind of described that. You mentioned a business glossary, data dictionary. Are those the same or different? Uh, what, what kind of tool? I mean, this is kind of a new, th a new buzzword out in the industry, a data catalog. So I was wondering if you could elaborate a little bit more on the, the technology powering that Certainly. So the data catalog is that one place that you can really see across all of your data assets. And it needs to be very dynamic. So every day, every hour, you're adding data assets and you're deleting them. So there needs to be this evergreen capability. And what I find is most people use best efforts to populate it. And that means they go around with Excel sheets, or I call that clipboards, and manually update it once in a while. And so you, you have kind of, that's a first generation uh, data catalog. But I like to do, um, ask 
senior technology executives this question, how many databases do you have? And that's a very difficult question for many companies to answer. And then the, the natural follow-on question is, which of those databases contain sensitive information that you need to ensure is being protected or applies to the uh, data privacy legislation that has, has com been coming out um, stronger and stronger? So the data catalog is actually a very important thing. And it goes back to the adage, you, you can't manage what you can't measure. And if you don't know where your data is, you only have a good estimation of where the most important and sensitive data would be. So I find that the data catalog is becoming very critical to any enterprise that wants to drive analytics, wants to prove that they're data privacy compliant, and, and wants to have operational efficiencies by eliminating uh, redundant data sets. So is there any difference between a catalog, a business glossary, and a data dictionary, or are those the same things? You know, um, it, it all, all depends on how, you, how your organization, organization views it. I view it all together. So for me, that those are components of, of the uh, catalog. So the, the, the data catalog will inventory physical things. And you should use some kinds of machine learning and scanning systems that will go through and create that physical inventory. Now you need to relate it to business terms and concepts because we wanna be able to describe, for example, what do we consider to be privacy information? What are the actual data elements? And that needs to be described in the, the, the um, business glossary. And then it needs to be linked to those physical assets so that we can then know where across the whole firm, by just making a query to a data catalog, we can find where all the occurrences are of the, of the personally identifiable information. And then of course, the data dictionary is, is how you describe the actual physical storage locations. So what's the column name? What's the table name? What's the schema name? And where does the data come from? So those are all important aspects of a, a broad term called data catalog. Uh, that's perfect. Great. Well, let's move on to your fourth best practice. You had mentioned the need to get your executive suite aligned with this whole initiative. So how do you do that? How do you partner with the key executives and, and which ones are those uh, in your estimation? Absolutely. So what I do is I, I have these join up conversations with the chief information security officer and the chief privacy officer. And I very quickly learn what their business strategies are and what, what are their areas that they're actually executing against. And it's no surprise that the chief privacy officer is, is concerned about privacy. And so is the, um, the chief information security officer. The CISO will want to make sure that all the sensitive data is being properly protected. It's being categorized according to our, our firm's naming standards and that we're, we're following our policies for protection and we can demonstrate that. Well, those two um, remits are not mutually exclusive. They're actually one and the same. And, and you can continue that on. You, you go talk to the chief risk officer and, and the COO and then the chief digital officer and then your chief data scientist and chief analytics officer and even your CIO. Every, every one of these executives has their view on what is important for data? Where do they have to execute? What do they have to protect? And if we don't come to a consensus or at least an integrated plan for how we're going to protect our data, leverage it for our analytics, trust it, 
and then be able to tell our board and tell our regulators that we've got this in terms of protection and controls, then we're going to see a lot of siloed efforts and we're going to see a lot of duplicate spend. So it's just not operationally efficient to, to not form these alliances. We should be working together as, as key executives. So is this alliance a one-on-one -on -one type of relationship or do you form a council or a committee of these folks to get this done? Um, I've not formed a, a committee um, that seems to be, you know, yet one more uh, committee, but I, I have done more of a, um, just a personal relationship, but then we work together and we get agreement on these um, joint uh, data strategies. And, and so I, I just find that there's just a, a symbiotic relationship there. Uh, I, I imagine in some business cultures, uh, forming a, a committee would be, would be a good thing to do. But the other thing is, when we get the data governance program up and running, these are going to be some of the key executives who actually are going to form the data ownership level or what I call data governance versus data stewardship. So I think we can do, they, they can very much serve in their prospective roles by providing the guidance and the steering that we need from the data owners, those executives, into the overall data stewardship and data governance program. But I, I don't think it, it is a separate um, committee off on the side. Well, let's talk about committees and meetings and councils because every data governance initiative I've known, and maybe this is why a lot of them fail, revolves around uh, a council uh, that helps resolve issues in the field about data standards, data policies. Uh, there's a place to escalate issues from regional to you know corporate uh, areas of concern, and someone somewhere, some group probably cross-functional in nature has to resolve meanings, definitions, and policies. Uh, do you follow that tact, or is it all kind of ad hoc in, in the way you approach it? No, I certainly agree that you need to clarify for your firm, aligned to your culture and, and your operating model, what does data governance and data stewardship mean for us? And it's also important to do it in the right sequence. So following the four steps I talked about previously, those have to happen, in my opinion, before we, we, we form the committees. I too have seen several stalled efforts where we have to come in and we're re-energizing a, a data governance and data stewardship effort. And one of the things I find is they stall around trying to just work out a business glossary. You know, um, they get into endless debates about what's a product, what's a customer, what's a policy, what's a premium. And I think at some point those are important, but not in, in the first 60 to 90 days of establishing a program. I think you need that much time to do these current state assessments and get the business alignment and, and get these uh, executives on board, this alliance that I talked about. And then when you have this list of known issues that people have just been dealing with, and you can put some business impact behind them and quantify and monetize wherever possible. Now you've got a, a prioritized list of issues that you can sit down with your data governance council, which are the executives who need to steer the company and then provide the priorities to the, the data stewards who are the responsible folks who have to actually go fix the data quality for these blocking issues. And see, I think that's the differentiator now you have a real reason and some things to go to go do, and you'll know the the upside and the impact when when you've done these, 
and knowing that since you run it through the, the data owner, the data governance council, you know that it's business aligned because they've prioritized it and made sure of that alignment. So I think that these councils are very important and they need to be re-energized from time to time. But I also think that they need to be set up at the right stage as you uh, initiate your programs. So in your world, do these executives, the CXOs, actually know they're on a data governance council or is it just one more line item in an operational meeting? Uh, no, we, we definitely formalize it. Um, one of the things that, that this council is charged with, the, the data governance council, is to actually tackle these, these cross-divisional uh, data quality issues. And then we have to message out of that how we're, how we're succeeding, how are we addressing them, which ones are closed, which ones are opened, which ones need funding. So they do act, very active work group and committee group uh, work there. And then likewise, the data stewards, the data stewardship council needs to report um, findings and um, kind of programmatic um, deliverables that they've been creating as a way to message up to the executives that we are making progress against these. And then what kind of spins out of the data governance and data stewardship would be information that goes up to the board, goes up to through the chief risk officer to the risk committee, uh, any of those things that would touch those different areas. So. Again, to recap, the, those committees have work to do in their own right, but then they have to message the results and, and cast it in business outcomes and monetize and quantify the, the business impact. And then that needs to flow up to the CEO, the operating committees, the risk committees, and, and the board of directors. Okay, so you sounds like you have two levels of councils. One is the ownership or the data governance council, and another is a data stewardship council made up of the people actually implement and the standards and, and make sure their their organizations adhere to it. Um, who do you put on the data governance council? Is it just the CXOs that you have already talked to or are there specific folks in mind that you have in mind? So the, the good definition of a data owner is the person from a P&L perspective who has the most to gain or lose from the quality of the data they need in their business operations. So with that as a definition, really any senior executive who would have an interest and a stake in some of these known issues, some of these business initiatives, they're the ones or their, their delegates, their direct reports, are, are the right ones to sit on the data governance council. Because again, these are the executives who are going to prioritize and allocate resources and see it through. I like to use the racy terms of they're the accountable party. Okay. And what about the Data Stewardship Council? Who goes there? So the Data Stewardship Council, these are made up of folks who are at the business operations level. They're influencers in the organization. They understand the business process. They certainly know the current state of the data quality, and they have the relationships to be able to go all the way upstream or downstream in the data flows and work with folks to be able to resolve the problems. So, so these are the folks who have the, the intellectual curiosity to do the root cause analysis and the reverse engineering and to be able to do the, the analysis work necessary as also, and also to come up with the remediation plans and see them through to conclusion. So their remit is really all about continuously improving data quality and also prioritizing the data quality of the data that really matters. So are these folks in the business or in IT? 
The, the way I've, I've seen it most successfully defined is that these are, are business folks. They're, they're in operations and they're part of the business process. And they're what we call the data stewards. Now, there is a very much a role for the folks in information technology. They are huge contributors. These are your, your data engineers, your database administrators, your data quality specialists. They are part of providing capabilities. Let's say we talked about a data quality platform. There's data quality specialists associated with that. They provide services and capabilities to the data stewardship group, but they're really not formally data stewards. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, it sounds like in your world that the data governance program is mostly a top-down driven program. You, you make the business case for why you need data governance, what the business outcomes will be if you address it, and then you work from there. Have you ever seen data governance work from the bottom up, maybe piggybacking on a, sp a specific initiative or uh, initiated out of a, a single business unit as opposed to being an enterprise approach? And what are the, the trade-offs of that bottom-up approach? Right. Uh, I've seen more success with, with a top-down because you have the executive sponsorship as opposed to the bottom up, it's usually a data steward is one of those other duties as assigned and it isn't necessarily considered part of their day job or even measured in their uh, performance goals and, and bonusing. But the bottom up can work and I've seen it work in pockets. Um, but what you have when, you, when you're doing bottom up is you have a group of individuals who are doing their best efforts and they are linking it to initiatives and they are making um, good contributions and getting outcomes. But what, you miss, what you're missing when you do the bottom up is you, you lose out on the economies of scale and the operational efficiencies because everybody's kind of doing it with their own set of standards and their own approach. And you really dilute and water down enterprise-wide capabilities like a data quality platform or a data integration platform or your data catalog or your business glossary. So I think there's a point where bottom-up needs to meet top-down, um, but I, I'm more of a fan of the top-down where you have the executive backing and, and you're prioritizing against the firm's uh, most important strategic initiatives. Makes sense. Now, your last best practice was to get a hold of data quality issues and prioritize them. You've already mentioned a lot of things that need to happen to improve data quality. Uh, is there anything else that you should mention? Well, we, we talked about how there needs to be ownership and accountability for the quality of the data and, and business fit for use. And we also talked about having a uh, data quality capability that is a, a platform and uh, data quality experts who are delivering uh, services to data stewards and, and others. I think what's, what's the next step in that um, evolution is to having a data steward playbook. Because just because you're in business operations and you've been appointed as the data steward, now what? And so my teams have created data steward playbooks that help put all this in perspective. It helps them identify, gives them some ideas and, and tasks and, and checklists on how to prioritize and link data back to the business, how to set up data quality controls. And, and we've all heard of um, different dimensions of data quality. And so there's a little bit of education around when's the right time to use a um, particular data quality dimension like accuracy or completeness or reliability. So I think the uh, playbook is, is what ties all this together. So you've got governance, 
a platform and a capability. You've got motivation, and now you have the how-to documented in a, a playbook. And with that, you can you can train your replacement in data stewardship. You can, you can train lots of data stewards. And what you now get is that economy of scale and repeatable outcome and results. Uh, that sounds terrific. Uh, very curious about this playbook. How do you keep that up to date? And in what form does that take? So uh, the, the form, it could be something simple as a, a standard PowerPoint deck or uh, those decks uh, converted into web content and, and put on a uh, intranet or put in the portal along with the data quality um, dashboards that, that you see. And then to keep it evergreen, you really want to get uh, contribution from the different data stewards. Um, so these, these playbooks, they evolve over time and, and it's a really good re working relationship between your data folks in the technology world working with the data stewardship folks to fill in the gaps. You know, you, you might have a project where a data steward says, well, how do I do this? I need, I need to deliver that for this uh, particular engagement. And if it's not documented in the playbook, well then you'll, you just go do it and then document it and add it there for the next steward to learn from. So it does, the playbook does need to be evergreen, but it is pretty slowly changing if, if you've built up the base from the beginning. Well, great. Carl, this has been a wonderful conversation. I've learned a lot. So I want to thank you on behalf of all of our listeners for attending this show and uh, sharing your insights. Well, thank you, Wayne. I've enjoyed uh, talking about setting up data governance programs. It's something that I like doing. I've done it several times. And I, and I try very, very hard that this doesn't become just a bureaucratic task, that it really remains relevant to the business because at the end of the day, we're solving the, the important business problems that, that are needed for whether it's revenue uplift or operational efficiencies, cost takeouts, and improving regulatory compliance. So at the end of the day, it needs to be fun and I enjoy doing it. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, please subscribe. If you want more content from business intelligence to data management to data science, browse to the Eckerson Group website at eckerson.com. And if you want to follow Carl on Twitter, his handle is at cdocoach, and you can also email him at carl.gerber at cdocoach.com.